1: All right, Hokie Nation, we are back for episode two of the 2023-24 Hokie Hoops podcast. This week, we're just going to kind of go through the rosters. I know last week we talked about um, kind of season recaps from last year, who we lost on both the men's and the women's side and who came back. But now we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that. And uh, since the time that we recorded our first episode, we found out that Rodney Rice has left the program for the men's team. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, Billy Ray and I talked about that right as it happened on a short kind of emergency press conference style podcast. So I don't want to harp on it too, too much. I want to talk about who is here, not who isn't. Um, but yeah, Rodney Rice leaving, obviously something worth noting on a basketball oriented Virginia tech podcast. So, um, Mike, do you have any thoughts on Rodney? I guess we can kick it to you first since my thoughts are kind of already out there on the internet.
0: Yeah, it sucks. Uh, you know, I kind of thought that to be honest with you, I, I thought it would happen sooner right especially you know a big reason why rodney rice was in blacksburg like let's not sugarcoat it is because mike jones was there right mike jones coaches him in high school and mike jones is a virginia tech assistant and all of a sudden virginia tech shoots up rodney rice's board right Hokies were on him obviously got a lot more uh got a lot more serious in his recruitment once mike jones arrived in blacksburg for obvious reasons Once he leaves in the offseason and you kind of see the weird year that Rice had in terms of not being able to get on the floor with his injuries and then getting on the floor and just kind of trying to ease his way and find his, you know, find his role, I thought that there was a chance that he would transfer in the off season, like the real offseason, not the preseason. And when he didn't, when Mike Jones left, I was like, okay, maybe Rodney's gonna stick around. But then, you know, (laughs) Mike Mike Young made a comment on the TSL podcast he recorded with David Cunningham, Chris Coleman. He made a comment that Rodney was dealing with an illness in camp and uh, he was kind of in and out of the lineup. I didn't think too much of it at the time, but he didn't really dive too deep into you know, Rice's role on that podcast. I thought that was a little bit interesting. They didn't do that uh, at the time, but I didn't really read too much into it. The news was... Surprising, but not shocking. It was more like the timing of it that I guess took me by surprise the most. I, I thought that if he was going to leave, it would have been, you know, much earlier in the offseason. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it hurts. It, it puts Virginia Tech, I think, in a position where at point guard, you know, Brandon Recksteiner in particular is going to be thrust into a much larger role than I'm sure Mike Young was probably intending. You know, Young wanted to have kind of the two and a half point guards. He wanted to have Padula. He wanted Rodney Rice to kind of slide into that role when Padula was on the bench as a starting point guard. And he wanted Couture to be kind of that half point guard where he could use him in a pinch. Now you're kind of in the position that you were in a year ago where you're kind of backfilling for Padula at point guard. And I think Mike Young knows that he can't really do what he did with Padula a year ago, where he basically just runs him into the ground do I think Virginia tech's roster overall is better equipped this year to handle that than a year ago? I do, but it's not without questions, right? You're asking a, a true freshman, a highly touted true freshman, but you're asking a true freshman to, you know, play significant minutes. And if not, right, if you decide not to do that, you you decide to bring Rex Steiner along more slowly. Then you're asking a guy who's designed to play more off the ball to take on on ball responsibility more often, right? Hunter Couture, MJ Collins, somebody like that. So, it's not ideal it puts tech in a precarious situation I think at point guard behind padula again but I think it is going to look a little bit different than it did last year because I think Mike young fully acknowledges that padula was running to the ground and he probably can't do that again
1: yeah I think that's kind of um that's kind of where I'm at too like my first thought was that this is unfortunate but not because I think it you know severely lowers the ceiling of this year's team I think it's unfortunate just because it It brings a little bit more of a question mark into who's going to provide Sean Padula a break, something that did not exist last year and will need to exist this year. Um, I think of it a lot in terms of the uh, Storm Murphy, Sean Padula situation is very similar to the Sean Padula, Brandon Rechsteiner situation right now. Um, I think you'll see B-Rock is his nickname. Brandon Rechsteiner's nickname is B-Rock. So just for the fans are aware of who we're talking to, and I'm sure the The team on social medias and stuff will be calling him that all year, too. So just everybody's aware. Um, I think you'll see B-Rock have to play a lot. Uh, I think you'll see him be capable of doing so. When I interviewed Tyler Nickel and talked to him about um, someone who has surprised him or been a really good standout early in the preseason, Brandon was the guy he mentioned. A really hard worker, really smart, um, just a really good basketball player. So I I think – Obviously, when you're talking about freshmen, you know, you see it with the Duke and the Kentuckys of the world every year. Um, freshmen have a hard time on defense early, and as the year progresses, they get better and better. That was how it was with Sean and Darius in the ACC championship run. You know, they were more than capable offensively all year long. It was the defensive end that took them some time to get used to, and when they did, they were able to make a full impact on the game. Uh, I, I think you'll see that with Brandon this year as the season progresses. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be thrown a little bit into the fire and have to provide you probably somewhere between, you know, eight and 10 minutes off the bench to give Sean Badul a break. Uh, I think you'll see a lot put on his shoulders, and I, but I do think he's capable of handling that. Um, it, it all comes down to defense and kind of command of the offense from a freshman point guard perspective. So I, I think Brandon will be fine, um, and especially playing alongside guys like MJ Collins and Hunter Couture, um, who will be able to help take some of the pressure up defensively and help direct the defense. So that Brandon can focus on directing the offense and giving Sean a break. So uh, yeah, it's it's sad to see a talented player like Rodney go. I just think it um, you know, fortunately, this roster is extremely deep, and you're gonna you're able to just turn to another really talented guy in Brandon Recksteiner to alleviate some of the pressure on Sean Padula. So with that, we'll kind of talk. We've already talked about point guard a little bit. Um, Padula, Brandon Recksteiner, and Kator is kind of that half. I've heard Mike Young talk in the past about having two and a half guys at point guard. That's exactly what I think the Hokies have this year. Um, Again, reminds me a lot of the storm Murphy Sean Padula situation and we'll see how that position kind of unfolds throughout the year, but I expect us to be fine. I actually expect us to be a top five point guard play room in the league this year. Um, Sean being, you know, a top five point guard in his own right and Hunter and Brandon able to provide some depth there as well. So with that, We'll kind of kick it to shooting guard. And uh, I I think I talked about this with Billy Ray on our 15-minute pod after Rodney left. But um, you'll see here when I break it down kind of one, two, three, and even a little bit into the four, um, there's a lot of position versatility here. Actually, there's there's a ton of position versatility. So at the two, you know, the logical starter is Hunter Couture, right? He's going to come back. Provide you everything he's been providing you for his very long career. Now it feels longer than it actually even is, just because he's played so much basketball. Going back to his true freshman year, but Hunter's going to start at the two, um, and then behind him you kind of have a combination of guys who who have some position versatility. MJ Collins can play a little bit of the two if you need him to in a pinch. Jaden Young, another freshman who uh, I think is a really good fit in the Mike Young system offensively. Again, it's just like B-Rock is going to come down to defense for Jaden how quickly he can get on the floor, but he can absolutely shoot it. And then you go to the three, and it's a mix of MJ Collins, who is my presumed starter at, You know, just because he played so much last year. He seems to be the natural guy who would be up to speed defensively and play the three. But then you have Tyler Nickel behind him, who's just absolutely uber-talented, true sophomore, uh, was as high, if not higher rated, depending on where you looked, as Rodney Rice in that, in that class last year coming in from UNC and then you have John Camden behind him at the three as well. So there's a lot of position versatility at the two and the three spot. And I think that's going to be a huge help. Um, You can just cycle in Hunter and MJ and Tyler and Jaden young, and you can just go around and around and around uh, in order to fill up all the minutes necessary. So I I love the position versatility on the wing this year for the Hokies.
0: Yeah. I'm curious how much Jaden young plays, right? I think Couture Collins, nickel and Camden are I think the four kind of entrenched in those two spots, uh, depending on what lineup Virginia Tech rolls out there, right? Shooting guard and small forward in this system are pretty interchangeable. Um, You know, it's just kind of what combination of those four or five guys you want to put out there. I agree with you on, on the Couture MJ Collins point. I mean, I, I would be very surprised if Collins is not the starter, right? Mike Young just said that he wants Collins to be, you know, stuck on the opposing team's best defender, wants Couture to be kind of roaming as the team's most experienced defender. And, and really, he's, he's been the best defender in the program now for a few years running. I think that with the way Virginia Tech struggled defensively last year, I think there's going to be more of a priority for Mike Young to play some of these guys uh, who are more two-way players, which I think Couture and MJ Collins certainly fit that bill, especially when you consider how MJ Collins started shooting the ball late last year, right? Really started evolving his offensive game a bit more. Mike Young says he's been working on it a ton in the offseason. I'm looking for him to take a pretty big step forward offensively this year to go along with a, a pretty solid defensive foundation that we saw a big reason why he played as much as he did as a freshman is because like you mentioned with uh, Padula earlier and you mentioned with Darius Maddox earlier, like a reason why it took them a while to get on the floor during the ACC championship run was because they weren't really up to speed defensively. Well, MJ Collins was, and that's why he played so much as a freshman last year. I would be very surprised if he's not in the starting lineup. Tyler Nickel is the guy who's really interesting to me because like you mentioned, Really highly touted guy. Uh, Virginia Tech was definitely in the mix in his recruitment. Uh, they, the Hokies miss out on him, but they landed Rodney Rice. But those are two pretty comparable players in terms of you know type of prospects that they were. Obviously, two different positions, right? Rodney plays more of a point guard, shooting guard role. Nichols more of a wing. But if you're looking for like the scoring punch that you didn't really have with Rodney Rice, you were hoping to have kind of this year, if he returned... You know, you're hoping that you kind of get some of that with Tyler Nichol on the wing, that he has a really strong year offensively to kind of fill that void. Would be great to have both of them. Obviously, you have another guy, you know, similar caliber player coming out of high school and very similar in terms of experience. Didn't play a ton last year in North Carolina. Uh, but has an opportunity now to certainly get more minutes and, and kind of grow in this role in the Mike Young system with the coaching staff. He's very familiar with, you know, the, the hogies were really in on that recruitment. So I'm interested to see how nickel fits in the mix here too. Yeah. And then, I think then John Camden, the John, John so Camden, sorry, but... John Camden too is the other guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So what well, we'll see, I mean, I think it's going to be um, a, a pretty deep, a pretty deep two and three yeah
1: and you know john's kind of a a three and can also play the four even um in smaller lineup situations same with tyler tyler in theory can play the four but i think he feels most comfortable out in the wing as a scoring small forward uh, who can absolutely shoot it from deep so uh, the ability of mj collins to elevate his shooting and obviously you know maintain that really high level of defense he played last year to go along with tyler nickel and His ability to score the ball it gives you a really good um, one-two punch, kind of out on the wing there at small forward. So uh, I'm really excited about the you know the three guard positions, and honestly, I'm really excited about these two front court positions as well. So obviously, there's been some turnover there. Uh, you lose Justin Mutz, who played an unbelievably high amount of basketball for Virginia Tech, and you have to replace him. So you go out and get Robbie Barran and Makai Long from the transfer portal. Uh, those are kind of your natural fours to play in this system. Uh, Robbie Baran is a guy I'm really excited about. I think he averaged like seven and five, if I remember correctly, at Northwestern uh, last year in the Big Ten. Uh, He comes back to Virginia, where he's from, and I think he's going to be phenomenal for this Hokies team on the defensive end, but also offensively. I I think he's a guy who uh, has the ability to shoot it, maybe not quite as well as Grant Basile, right, but he can shoot the ball, and he's going to play a really high-level defense. And then Makai Long... Um, kind of your, your, your grit guy, as Justin Fuente would put it, I guess. Um, rebounding is his specialty. Really good defensive player. Great athlete. Really, really just tenacious on the offensive glass as well. So, you know, defense and rebounding were obviously two points of emphasis for the staff. And they go out and get two guys who specialize in both those as categories for the portal. To go along with uh, Malajal Poteet, who's a guy who I really enjoy his game. Uh, Malajal's got a great game. Uh, Big dude, strong physical presence with great hands, uh, can finish around the rim, plays pretty good defense. And then John Camden can play the four in a pinch in smaller situations. So uh, I like where we're at in terms of the four and the the power forward position. To go along with the center spot where you've got Lynn Kidd now, I believe this will be his fourth year of college basketball, one year at Clemson and three with the Hokies. So, yeah, fourth year of college basketball for Lynn Kidd. Um, Everybody knows, you know, Lynn's an absolute – Physical specimen, can jump out of the gym, 7-footer. Uh, I think his defense will take another step this year. Played some really good minutes for the Hokies last year. Uh, I, I think people maybe overlooked that a little bit. I look for him to come in and be kind of an 8-10 to 10 point a night, 8-rebound guy with a couple of blocks. Uh, I, I think he's going to have a really good year for Virginia Tech at the center spot. And then Milagia Petit can also play the center, so will throw him in there as well. And then Patrick Wessler, who redshirted last year, 7-footer from the from the Charlotte area. Um, really skilled big man, really, really skilled seven footer who can shoot it from deep. So there's a lot of position flexibility and versatility and a lot of depth in this roster. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it all shakes out in terms of rotations and minutes distribution. Uh, I think that'll be a work in progress as we get through non-conference play into the ACC play, as it always is. But there's a lot of guys who, who can play at this level on this roster and it's just a question of who steps up the quickest.
0: We're going to have our, our questions answered pretty quickly. Something that Mike Young has done really well since he got to Blacksburg is he's nailed the transfer portal, right? Um, I, I mean, really, when you look at it, like some of his biggest contributors have been through the portal, and it's kind of offset. I don't want to say recruiting misses because I think he's he's hit on the recruiting trail with the prospects in terms of bringing them into Blacksburg, but in terms of developing them and having them stick around, he's you know had had three, four stars leave the program, which is an ideal but he's been able to kind of backfill with the transfers and he's hit on a lot of them. So if he continues to hit on them, that's a big deal. And to be honest, like he's really got a hit on these front court guys. You mentioned Barron and Makai Long. like Those are two guys who need to come in and be significant contributors. Elijah Petit was a transfer portal at a year ago. He's going to have a bigger role this year. He's going to have to play better uh, than he did a year ago in bigger minutes. I thought he, he was fine. I don't think he was a liability or anything like that. Uh, but now he's going to have uh, bigger minutes this year. He's going to have to continue to contribute. Lynn Kidd is a big one, right? Because he's coming to the program, another old you know transfer after his redshirt freshman year at Clemson. He comes in and arrives in Blacksburg, and he's really developed since he got there. You mentioned the physical specimen piece, seven-footer, really athletic. He's going to be really integral to what Virginia Tech's going to be doing this year, both on the offensive and defensive end. He's going to get huge minutes. I mean, he's going to play a ton. Mm-hmm. So he really needs to continue to be reliable. And like you mentioned, he had a really, really good year last year um, and, and hoping that that continues again with bigger minutes. So the front court is all about, especially at power forward, right? The front court is all about, did Mike Young hit on these transfers? And I, I think the the Baron and Makai Long ads in particular are really intriguing just because they add two elements that I think were missing a bit a year ago. Justin Mutz was a good defender and good rebounder, but he's only one guy. And, you know, Grant Basile, his his struggles on the defensive end, I think were pretty well documented, but he had such a good offensive game, they kind of offset that. It's going to look different in the front court this year, right? It's, it's going to be a different look to this team, but not necessarily a bad thing considering, you know, the shortcomings of this tech team a year ago. I just hope that Barron and Makai Long in particular can provide a little bit more um, on the offensive end than they did at their prior stops. And I think if they do... It'll take the pressure off of the backcourt a little bit, right, and, and the wing positions where I think for Chantec going to have to do a lot of their scoring.
1: Yeah, we've been a pretty um, front court dominant scoring team the last few years under Mike Young. You think back to Kevi Aluma, Justin Mads, Grant Basile, those kind of guys. We've been pretty front court dominant from where our, in terms of where our scoring has come from. I think you'll see that be much more even this year across the board from the front court to the backcourt, maybe even backcourt leaning in terms of scoring production. Uh, but I do think Baran and Kidd will both provide what you're expecting them to provide from the four and the five spot in terms of offense and maybe even a little bit of a level up defensively than we've seen from Virginia Tech on the inside. So that's kind of your men's overview. Um, you got a lot of really good players, a lot of playable depth, uh, and we'll just see kind of how it shakes out as we get through the non-conference schedule. But um, there's there's a lot of guys who I expect to contribute and contribute quickly for Virginia Tech.
0: Jaden Young, Jaden Young, one last thing. Jaden Young's a wild card, man. Yeah. Like, if, if he can if if Young is comfortable with how he's defending and he starts getting some minutes, all of a sudden this turns into a really, really deep backcourt and wing team, which I think makes them all the more dangerous when inevitable, you know, injuries happen, guys get nicked up. Uh that that makes tech really dangerous both now and into the future when you consider obviously the eligibility factor, right? With you know, if you're playing Jaden Young as a true freshman and you're thinking about how MJ Collins made that leap last year as a freshman and got really, really solid as the year went on, uh, this becomes a really, really interesting team. Yeah, uh, my breakout guys is B-Rock
1: for sure. I mean, it's always, you never know what you're going to get with the freshman, it's a wild card, but uh, I love Brandon's game and I think he's going to be, he's going to have himself in a position to contribute and contribute early for, for the Virginia Tech men's teams. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. No, let's flip it over to the women's side. Um, Coach Brooks and the Queens of Castle, to include Kayla King, all went down to media day. Uh, and Coach Brooks said he feels like with those three, Georgia, Liz, and Kayla, they can beat anyone in the country. Well, he's going to have to find out very quickly because they do play Iowa. Um, I guess we're recording right now on the 30th, so that game's in like 10 days. Uh, that's going to be an awesome game. It's going to be really fun to watch, Georgia versus Caitlin Clark two of the most prolific guards in the country. But besides those three, the the three kind of known commodities for Virginia Tech fans, uh, I kind of want to just touch on some of the people who have come in and who are going to need to contribute quickly for this team if they're going to get back to where they want to get to. So first I'll start out with Carly Wenzel, who was in Blacksburg last year on that team but redshirted, really, really skilled guard. Uh, I think they have her listed at six foot. So uh, she's kind of a six-foot point guard for this team. Uh, and we'll see what the red shirt year was able to do for Carly and get her on the floor, but very highly talented top 100 player last year. Didn't get to play, um, as she redshirted. but I expect to see her play a lot this year and contribute at a high level. And then, um, the name that keeps popping up every time a microphone gets in front of coach Brooks or Liz or Georgia's face is Matilda Eck from Michigan good
0: sign. It's a good sign.
1: Yeah. When all of them are talking about you, it's, it's a good sign. So Matilda Eck coming in from Michigan state, um, absolute sniper so you know you think about it from from Georgia's perspective coming down the floor now on a break and she's got kayla king on one side and matilda eck on the other she's got options in terms of knocking down threes and we know coach brooks teams love to shoot the three ball so i expect really good things from matilda this year on the outside going alongside kayla in terms of three-point shooting and then uh rose michaud from minnesota comes in um and you know coach brooks talked about her at media day as kind of the piece that We'll provide that physicality aspect that, the, that this team lost by losing Taylor Soul to the WNBA draft. Um, so look for Rose to kind of play the four and and add a lot of what Taylor Sowell was able to do. Uh, maybe not quite everything Taylor Soul was able to do because she was a real player, obviously, you know now playing professionally. But uh, similar style in terms of what what the Hokies are going to look to get out of Rose as, at the four spot. Coming in from Wake Forest as a grad transfer, um, depth piece, played a lot of basketball, played against Virginia Tech a bunch, so uh, knows the ACC really well, and that'll be a good veteran presence to have. To go along with four really talented freshmen, four top 100 freshmen, uh, Claire Strack, Mackenzie Nelson, Kerry's Baker, and Samaya Suffren. So, uh, Coach Brooks said, you know, this team could play as many as 8, 9, or 10, um, which would be complete opposite of last year, where they pretty much were only playing six people uh, going into the NCAA tournament down the stretch in the Final Four. So it'll be interesting to watch the women's team early, uh, particularly with some of those cool matchups they have with Iowa and then the, the Cayman Islands trip, and then they go to LSU. So a lot of games worth watching early in the year, and it'll be interesting to see how the rotation shapes out. If they're, if they're able to find themselves in a position where they're confidently playing eight people night in and night out, I think that goes a long way to you know protecting the health and you know (laughs) endurance of georgia liz and kayla one but also just you know building the program out for years to come and you know depth is always a good thing to have right so if they can if they're able to find a way to get eight playable bodies um i think the women's team will be in a really good spot and have a chance to get back to where they they were last year
0: we talked about how the men's team might look a little bit different in terms of kind of the shift we we talked about you know, in terms of the front court, back court scoring, there a couple of minutes ago. The one thing I want to point out here is, you know, replacing Taylor Soul and Kiana Trailer, right? So, I think with Kiana Trailer's game, like she could shoot it, but she was more effective off the bounce for sure. I think what you're getting in Matilda Eck is something a little bit different, right? Um, more in the Kayla King mold, right, where she's just going to shoot the lights out. Yeah, it's going to look a little bit different offensively this year again, right? You're going to have two wings playing off of Georgia Amore, who can really shoot the rock. Not to say that Matilda X game she can't get to the rim, but she is an absolute sniper. Like we wrote that here on the sheet, right? Very, very good shooter. And you're going to have a couple of those now playing off of Georgia Amor. So I think the offense is going to be a bit more. I mean, you still have Kitley obviously, but I think the offense is going to be a little bit more. I don't want to call it three point dependent necessarily, but they're going to shoot even more threes than they already do. Um, So I think the offense is going to look a little bit different. How tech replaces Taylor soul offensively and and specifically defensively. I mean, it really is going to be up to Rose Michelle, right? And for her to step in and kind of provide that presence that was lost and kind of the presence that they had. I know it's like a she who must not be named situation, but like with Ashley Alusu early in the year last year, like you have to kind of replace that physicality that you had with those two bodies now being out the door. And I, I think Rosemont show will be able to do that. And it's just going to be a different looking team, even though you, of course, have, you know, you know the three best players returning to the roster and Kayla Kane, George Amore, and Liz Kitley. So I'm interested to see early on, again, a couple of real good early tests. That Iowa game, I think, is going to tell us a lot off the jump because Iowa is so Caitlin Clark dependent that I think if Virginia Tech does its best to slow her down, I think the Hokies have a real chance to win that basketball game. Obviously, Tech is also one of the best teams in the country, in addition to Iowa. You mentioned the LSU game, which will be real interesting. Um, but Tech can hang with any of these teams. I just think it's going to look a little bit different than it did a year ago.
1: Yeah, and I'm pulling this up right now just because I was kind of curious. But uh, if you look at the stats of Matilda, Kayla King, and Georgia Amore last year, Matilda made 69 threes, Kayla made 80, and Georgia made 118. Um, <laughs> so that's a lot, a lot of three-point production on the outside at the three different guard spots. And then not to mention you have the two-time ACC player of the year on the middle. And, you know, all adding a Matilda Eck does for Liz is just gives her more room to work. Uh, You can't double off of her. Really, I I don't know how you can at all with the three of them on the outside. Um, You can't really double hard or hedge hard on Georgia on screens because she's going to kick it to Matilda or Kayla in the corner for a wide open three. So adding a shooter of her ability to go along with Kayla gives Liz and Georgia so much room to work both on the perimeter and on the inside. And, and uh, you know, we've seen a little bit of flashes of Liz working on her three point game as well. So I expect this team to shoot a lot of threes and make a lot of threes and it it should be a really fun group to watch yet again, any team uh, run by Georgia Amor at point guard is going to be fun to watch. Um, But this one particularly with the makeup of it and, Kind of what we're expecting to see from them offensively should be a really fun group to watch play night in and night out. So, uh, the the Iowa game's gonna be fun. I plan on I plan on being there. I think I'm gonna book my flight today and fly down there um, and watch that matchup. But I'm really excited for this team, and I'm interested to see which freshmen are able to, you know, crack the rotation and play a little bit as true freshmen because they got four good ones. Coach Brooks has been killing it on the trail. Uh, Claire Strack is one that I'm excited to watch. She reminds me a little bit of Liz in terms of her game. I know the staff posted a really cool clip. Uh, go find it on the Hokies Women's Basketball Instagram page. But the caption was uh, the rookie and the vet, and it was Liz hitting a baseline, one leg fade away, and then the same clip of Claire Strack hitting the same shot later in practice. So uh, hopefully Clara and, and Liz are hand in hand, and she's learning as much as she can And with Liz Kitley still in town. But – uh, Claire is one I'm interested to watch. Carrie's Baker can absolutely shoot it. Samaya Suffren, really good player from, I believe, down in North Carolina. And then Mackenzie Nelson is the is the point guard, and I know she's been attached to the hip with Georgia. Uh, Coach Brooks mentioned that in Media Day as well. So you, you, you talk about a bunch of true freshmen who have some really good people to learn from, uh, should make for a really good foundation for this program for years to come. But with that, we've gone for almost a half an hour just talking about rosters. Um, we will probably record – Well, maybe we won't. Maybe we won't record between now and the first game. So with that in mind, let's do a quick deep dive. Um, First games for both teams are exactly a week from today. Uh, We are recording on Monday the 30th. Both of those games take place a week from today with the women going first. Uh, I believe their game is at 5 o'clock. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. Is that game at 5 o'clock? I think it is. Yeah, I believe that's correct. 5 o'clock versus High Point on the 6th on ACC Network. Um, followed by the men's team. I believe their game is at like 8 o'clock or 8.30 or something like that. Um, get there early for the women's team. Support them and what will be an awesome night, raising the banner. Um, I may or may not have snuck into castle the other day when I was in town for the basketball game and noticed that the banners are all new. Uh, they completely redid every banner in the building, which is kind of cool. But get there and support the women's team. I think Georgia made a joke at me today that Liz is getting like four new basketballs with different, uh, different stats and accomplishments on them. I'm sure she's got plenty of those at this point, uh, get there, support them. And then the men's team will play right after. Um, they have Coppin state, I believe that's correct. Their next game. And then, oh, later that week, the big Iowa matchup Thursday down in Charlotte. And then the men play South Carolina Friday, the next night in Charlotte. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, three games at the same building that day. So if you're in the Charlotte area, um, lucky for you, some really good basketball of the Virginia Tech variety. Uh, I'll be at both games, and I'm really looking forward to it.
0: The the tune-up games at the start will tell you a lot going into the bigger games later that week in terms of how Kenny Brooks and Mike Young both view their rotations. Not to say that those won't change, but I think at least for a couple big games in the early going, I think kind of what you see in that opener is what you'll get uh, later in the week. So just want to point that out. I know it seems kind of obvious, but what we're watching for here with both teams is is the rotations and how those look.
1: Yeah, in particular, like, you know, the first half stuff. I mean, hopefully neither of those games are within reach kind of, you know, into the third quarter. I know um, the men don't play quarters, obviously, but. Into that time Ryan. hopefully those games aren't really within reach, and we're able to get some of the younger people in the game. Uh, but particularly, I'm interested to see kind of who the first couple people off the bench are for either, either team um, in South. And then you know the men play South Carolina Friday. That um, they're kind of a bottom third team in the SEC, um, but it's still Power Five basketball, so that one will be interesting to watch in terms of rotations as well. Uh, and then obviously the Iowa game is a like, is a heavyweight clash early in the year, but. In particular, keep an eye on those you know first couple media timeouts and see who who each coach uh, trusts the most and is rotating in the quickest. That's kind of how I would gauge where where the staff feels either roster is and in terms of rotations. But yeah, um, we've 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 battled enough. It's been a half an hour. This has been good. I'm really excited for for basketball season to kick off. Things are going good on the football field. Usually by this time, uh, by the time Mike and I record our first, second, and third. Uh, episodes people are kind of checked out of football but huge football game this weekend biggest game maybe since UVA in 2019 I don't know this yeah football game's a ginormous matchup so really excited for that one Um between the, the Louisville football game and then the two basketball games Monday night could be a really fun 48 hours for Virginia Tech fans
0: agree yeah it's it's weird to be talking about meaningful football in November hasn't happened it's, in a while it's
1: a refreshing change of pace man I will take it Yes. But with, with that being said, uh, talk to you guys later. Go Hokies.
2: It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand by. I saw you. Like you want to in my head. Love, she said is Oh, I know what you're thinking. Please don't go slicing.